So the the first thing Anders is going to try to do is I'm going to try a seek advantage. So Ooh, okay. I want I want to try and find. Sorry, I'm going through. Okay, seek advantage. Right, right, right. Uh, there we go. Okay. Uh, seek advantage. Use relevant stat to try to put yourself in an advantage uh, for combat. It's going to take many forms, from finding a place for cover to blinding opponents with sandstone eyes. Success could mean a positive modifier. Failure could mean a negative modifier or injury. So how are you seeking advantage? I want to put him in a, some kind of joint lock. So Anders would know how to... So kind of a knowledge roll or whatever it is that you pick, where Anders knows how to hold him to maximize the amount of pain. Um, I'm going to say knowledge, because Anders is a professional with a very particular set of skills. <laughs> this is very true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so knowledge, and um, this guy is a, as I said, he's a bouncer. He probably wouldn't expect to be grappled and put in a lock. Like, he might have some martial arts training, but I don't think that's where his passion lies. So I'm going to say this is a moderate kind of role let's say that i'm gonna say seven uh strength set no not strength knowledge i'm afraid uh seven seven yeah right seven <laughs> yeah sorry oh gosh i was doubting myself then a str- a, 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 blah, blah, blah. a knowledge roll of seven please oh Thank i'm you. sorry i rolled a seven. <laughs> oh, you rolled a seven Wonderful! So you do have advantage. This guy, yeah, the positive modifier is... He's wriggling a lot, but he's not going anywhere. <laughs> you have him where you want him. He's, he's, he's yelling expletives at you. He's kind of telling you to let go of him, but not that politely. Okay, so what's, what's my plus on my, my subsequent rolls? I'm going to say plus one. Okay. To, do, do I have to specify a type of skill or just all rolls plus one? Uh, for the for the time being, uh, let's just say plus one for now in yeah, this combat. Cool. Um, so you can react in some way. So every time I make an action, you can make a reaction. In this case, because I won, it's not necessarily bad. Yeah, no, he's just kind of like trying to get out of this uh, grip. Like, it's clear he does not have experience with being in a lock like this. And he's just, he's just flailing about. Nechton is now on the scene and he's going, mate, what are you doing? And so Anders is going to hit him. Oh, hit the guy that was in the VR headset. Yeah, not Nechton. No, Anders is going to twist Good. twist against this lock and try to inflict damage on this guy. So I'm going to do an attack roll. Tell me what's that. Okay, so because he's flailing about, I'm going to ask you to do a grace roll. Okay. So let's say, because, like, he's not moving anywhere. He's just kind of moving, like, back and forth. Like, I mean, it's quite a small area that he's moving around in. Like, you're probably, it's not going to be that difficult. Let me just check. I, I, I remember, like, moderates and stuff, but I can't remember. Yeah. Let's say, let's say this is a four. This is a four. Anders rolls a nine. <sighs> he is out for the count. Like, just perfect technique. You've ended the fight before it began. Cool. Anders just like dis probably dislocates his shoulder, and and then sort of like pats him on the back, and then he stands up and dusts himself off. Uh, Freya says, "Well, that was unexpected," and um, the poor guy's kind of handler just resignedly kind of just drags him away. <laughs> and Nechton is kind of like, "What was all of that about?" He pushed me. So. <laughs> So you did that? 
Yeah, he's fine. I mean, his shoulder's just dislocated. It'll pop right back in. Oh, God. Take him to the infirmary. Yes, yeah. Yes, you. Please, his shoulder. Yeah, okay, cool. Right, I'll, I'll explain later. Buddy. Buddy. You can't... You can't just start fights. You can't just start fights. But I, I didn't start that fight. I <sighs> He pushed me, and so I dislocated his arm. I think that's fair. Slightly disproportionate reaction, but I guess you did end the fight. He looks. He actually looks over to Freya. It's like that's that's what happened, isn't it? Like I'm not just making this up. She nods. She nods. Like yeah, no. She says he did push him. That's all she says. <laughs> you see. And and Nechton goes. Don't pick sides. <laughs> what next? He looks over to Henry. Hey, can I try this VR thing? Henry just kind of backs away, arms raised, <laughs> and doesn't say anything. He just kind of gestures like, be my guest. Let's let's turn the camera really quickly to Cool. Caro. So you you step inside of the research area, and it's actually a different room than the one that you remember from the tour. Um, but it's set up very similarly to the one, and it's even a different room than the one you remember from the experiment, which is kind of weird. And you're starting to realize these rooms are sort of, it's difficult to navigate these hallways. Your sort of internal mapping sense is not fully understanding where doors lead to. Okay. And, but it's laid out very similarly, and you see a bunch of, like, tables, some of them are metal, some of them are, are kind of desks, standing desks mostly, and you see computers on uh, on multiple tables. You see approximately half of the room is androids and half of the room are human beings. And the androids in here are almost entirely gold robes. Um, in fact, Ooh. most of the people in here are gold robes. Ooh, feeling underdressed. <laughs> And most of them, though, are wearing their white lab coats over their robes, so you can only kind of see a hint of their um, their kind of robes underneath. You are you are in fact the only gray robe in here. Ooh, oh, so I've not received new robes yet. Oh no, you're you're only out of integration. You're still a gray robe. You're not ah, a green robe. Cool. You're you. Uh, okay. So. In, there's like maybe one green. Actually, no. There's there is one green robe. It's Calvin. Yeah. And and you and Calvin are kind of led over to a workstation by Sylvester, and he's like, I don't want to give you. There's no big tool. It's really just a lab, like any other. I've heard you have computer skills. Uh yeah no I did a bit bit of coding back in my day. That's fantastic. Well. Your job here will be to work through some data as it comes in. That will be boring. Incredibly boring. Um, That's fine. My last job was a lot of data entry. I am ready. So you're going to look for patterns. You're going... Hey, Calvin will, will tell you what you need to do. Much more importantly, though, there are a number of experiments that we run in, in this section that you will be asked to participate in, um, as we all are. And so I just wanted to make sure you're ready for that. Experiments like the last one, by any chance? Sylvester doesn't laugh because that's not what Sylvester does. He does smile, though. And he, he says, Nothing quite so dramatic, I'm afraid. Ah, uh, well, that's a relief. But 
when you say nothing quite so dramatic, do you still mean a little bit dramatic? <laughs> Everything here is a little bit dramatic. Right. I shall... We are trying to change the world, after all. Yes, well... Little got done by not being a little bit dramatic at times. So, with that spirit in mind, uh, would you mind helping Kelvin with a little project we've been working on here? Oh, sure, yes, me and Kelvin, we're uh, fast friends. Perfect. Go to Station 3 whenever you're ready. Um, I'm sure um, the rest of it will become very clear to you. I'll, I'll head on over. Oh, before you go, though, here's, here's your workstation. And he, he takes you over to a table, and you see a very large, very expensive-looking computer rig with about four monitors spread out. Um, and he looks it over to you, it's like, this is key to your key. <laughs> and he gives a very bland chuckle. It will open if you wave your hand over it like this. And you will find the work for the day on that screen, and you will do it. And when you are finished, you can leave. All right. Anything else I need to know, or do I need to hand my key in at the end of the day, or anything like that? Any other security procedures I should be aware of? Your key is in your arm, dear. Right. Yes, of course. I knew that. <laughs> do you have any questions for me? Uh, so I'm guessing the workday is, uh, nine until you drop every day, or...? Oh, it varies. All right, it's changeable. I love variety. Wonderful. I'm looking forward to all the work we can achieve together. As am I. I will not waste your time any longer, then. You've made quite an impression on Luca. I'm beginning to get that sense. It's very rare we see people like you here. This early. In the... And he seems to think for the first time you've never seen him and Sylvester at a loss of words. It's very rare we see people here this early in the I suppose you would call it process. Yes, that's a good word for it. Right, then I guess this is a great honour that I shouldn't take lightly. Yeah, and he looks at you and he just sort of like shakes his head. Take it any way you wish. Alright. Room number three. Alright, I'll uh, I'll be on my way then. So, um, I'm going to give you a couple of choices. Cool. You can either go straight to room number three, you can look around for, fami for familiar faces, or you can check out what's on your computer. Check out what's on my computer. Cool. So you boot up your computer and you see three files on your computer. One of them says README, one of them it looks like a video file of some kind, and one of them looks like a large text document. Let's open README first. <laughs> So, read me, you see a bunch of um, instructions that are sort of laid out very nicely to a bunch of pieces of a bunch of different software packages that you recognize most of. And they're all machine learning packages. So, there's a lot of like software designed for pattern recognition, software designed for predictive modeling, software designed for things like that. Like, it's very clear to you the kinds of software that, that you're using. Um, and it tells you that basically you're going to be given a lot of text data and you are, your, your job is to sort of like unsorted natural language data and your job is to basically run um, 
supervised learning models over it to try to discover patterns. So all, and, and it doesn't matter what you find, it's just sort of like taking the data, clustering the data, and then reporting on the kinds of clusters that you come out with. So if you find anything novel or interesting, you know, like flag it, but otherwise just sort of like send it along after the data has been processed. So it's a, it's a kind of job that is both complicated, but sort of easily repeatable. It's like you you have to right. write write the code once, and then you, you just need to sort of sit there and watch it run. Okay. And so that is what the README tells you. It also tells you that you are going to be connected to the network, but your privileges have been restricted until you are, uh, you know, um, a all set up higher in the organization, essentially. So to be expected, I guess. You, you are a part of the internet, but if you cannot gain access to a file, um, it's because you're not supposed to gain access to that file. Right! <laughs> um, okay. So is that everything in the readme text Yeah, doc? that's what the readme says. Uh, what does the other larger text document, is that just kind of like... It looks like that fan fiction that you spied. It looks... Give me a perception roll of 14. Oh, gosh! I have no hope. I have no hope, but I will I will I will try Okay. So perception of 14. Wow, okay. Goodness. Wishing I had a few more few more points in grace. Uh da, da, da. got an 11. You still fail, but I don't know. It's not fan fiction. There's something very personal about what you're seeing here. It's like I don't know. Is it almost like autobiographical in some way, but like metaphorically so? It's like a dream diary. Oh. It feels like a dream diary, but it, but it's like n- not really because it it's too convoluted, right? It feels like a dream diary written while you were dreaming. So so it like things start and stop in weird places. Like it doesn't feel right. Like it it doesn't feel like it has a single author to it. But it does feel okay. it feels human in in a very real way. So that's what you get out of out of that text document. Are there any like memorable lines or scenarios or? Um, there there are a few actually. That's a good point. Um, let's say that the thing that catches your eyes is that in certain parts of it, the word beautiful shows up like way more than it should, like okay. way way more than it should. And it seem they seem to cluster, right? Like it seems like there's there's these sort of like big blocks that are that are normal that you kind of recognize as normal kind normal for the contents that you are seeing, right? Like it feels like, oh, this is a dream about someone flying. Oh, oh, this is like kind of incoherent, but it feels like, oh, there's demons here. Oh, wait, no, someone's having sex. That's weird. <laughs> Right, like like it's stuff like that, and then it's sort of like you see like these big like blocks that have the word beautiful and beauty and children and togetherness, like all of these like interesting words, but they cluster together. So that's what you okay. got. Is it still like uh, coherent syntax? So kind of like uh... yeah. In fact, she beautifully presented her beautiful face to the beautiful man, and they beautifully rode off into the sunset. Just kind of repeating the word too much, or the the word is used in the like you failed, so I can't give you too much more. But I will say that no the word fair. the the words 
the word is used in correct context. It seems like, like whereas the word would show up once every 500 words previously, it just shows up once every 50 words for some reason. So, you know what? I, I'll, I'll give you this. There's also the, the one thing you have in front of you um, is also a tablet on your desk as well in this tablet you recognize as a very similar tablet to the one that's carried around and if you were to open it you would find that this is a storage device that could carry uh if you were to take your work home with you this is what what you would use for it i think it's time to take a copy of whatever that document is for later perusal cool so yeah and as long as you have the tablet then you have a copy of the material um, and nice. The, the other thing on the computer, and you you have a tiny amount of time to to look at it, would be a large thing that looks like a video. Yeah, can I quickly scrub through it? Just kind of get a, get a, get the gist if it's like an instructional video or something weirder. Yeah, no, you you scrub through it. It's parts of the compound, and it looks like it's being shot through a GoPro. Right, can I put that on my tablet for later, or is that going to take too long to transfer? It won't fit. I mean, like, it'll fit. Damn. It, it'll fit, but it would, But you're right. It would take so long to transfer that you would be here for the next 30 minutes. I'll come back to that and just hope it's there when I come back. Uh, yeah, no, I'll leave that for now, log off, and just head to the room. I've probably been keeping Kelvin waiting too long anyway. Cool, let's shift back over to here. What has happened well, in, the, in the interim? <laughs> place has kind of cleared out a bit. Uh, like, uh, Henry and Freya are still there. Henry is keeping his distance. Freya is, you know, quite keen to see how you get on with the simulation. And Nechton is kind of like, I mean, you could have just waited in line. Um, but he's like helping you get into the rig and he's kind of setting up the uh, headset and uh, he's kind of talking you through what's going to happen. It's like, so yeah, this uh, this is one of the first few we get uh, new members of security to uh, do. And uh, this is just a quick little, quick little level to uh, test your reaction time and... I guess problem solving, it's, it's pretty simple, like it shouldn't take longer than 10-15 minutes. I mean, you'll probably finish it quicker than that, um, you seem to know what you're doing. So uh, yeah, I'll let you get on with it, just uh, pop the headset on and uh, press the pad whenever, whenever you're ready. Anders does, he's very into this. Okay, cool. So uh, yeah, this is definitely not exactly current gen uh, graphics that you're seeing, it's a little bit... <laughs> It's a little bit bare bones. It's a little bit wireframey and simple shapes. But yes, a, a very, a very serene synthesized voice, more or less reiterates what uh, Nechton said. That it's just a simple simulation to test your reaction time and problem-solving skills, and that the test shall begin in five, four, three, two, one, and you're dropped into a wireframe room. So yeah, there's there's a door at the end of the room and there is a table. There is a very rough looking vase of flowers on this very rough looking uh, coffee table. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's uh, there's there's windows, but those are part as well. Even the, in the virtual world, those windows are part. So I guess Anders looks around the room for anything that looks strange. 
I mean, bars on the windowsills is very, very odd. Like, it seems weird that someone would go to that length to add that to the simulation. Why couldn't they have just rendered, you know, normal windows? Like, surely that's less work, but whatever. Um, the flowers, uh, they, the flowers are not fully, like, rendered. They're quite, they're, they're a couple of 2D, like, textures mashed together, <laughs> but the, the vase looks all right. Vase looks all right. The lighting is weird in here. Like, it's not, like, everything is so smooth. Everything is so smooth and not properly textured, like, at all. But yeah, it's not, it's just, yeah. It's a pretty standard kind of room. So he looks at himself in VR and sees if does he have like a weapon? Does he have a tool? What does he have anything with him? You are unarmed at present. You are unarmed at present. So he walks towards the vase and he if he can, he picks up the vase of flowers. Yeah, you can pick up the va- the vase. Uh everything in this room like I mean, as you as you kind of go near the coffee table maybe you're, you you nudge it or maybe your hitbox just happens to glance off of the coffee table's hitbox because that moves slightly as well oh um, he looks into the vase to see if there's anything in there a key some kind of clue um no like it's just flowers that I mean if you turn the vase like upside down like the flowers don't fall out or anything they're just crammed in there hmm and there are no doors in this room is what you said Oh yeah, no, there's there's no doors because the door frame is just kind of empty. You can just walk through the door frame if you so choose. Oh, okay. Well, then he carries... Sorry, I, I should have probably described that in a bit more detail, but yes. He carries the vase and he walks through the door. Cool. Um, so the next room, seat of, seat of my pants on this one. I should have written more for this, but I didn't have time to write more for this sequence. So I'm trying to, trying to remember everything I've played recently and see what I can steal. <laughs> I do it all the time. <laughs> I mean, you know, okay artists, they borrow. Great artists steal. So true. Uh, I am sadly not a great artist because I am struggling to even steal. Uh, <laughs> very faintly, you hear a boop, boop, boop. Oh no. Boop. But it's just at a steady pace. You can just hear a, you can just hear the noise. Anders looks for the source of the noise. Okay, so in this room, it's twice the size of the room you just came from, but there are there there are there, there are two coffee tables and two vases, and it's not immediately obvious where the uh, beeping is coming from. There is also another door frame without a door, but on the far wall. Anders goes over to the coffee table on the right. He takes the uh, the vase off of it and replaces the vase that he currently has in his hand. <laughs> you can still hear the beeping. It's the same distance. It's the same tone. He goes to the coffee table to the left and takes the vase off of it. So now um, room one's coffee or room one's vase is on the right table and there's nothing on the left table. And Anders is holding two vases. <laughs> um, yeah, you can still you can still hear a beeping somewhere. Um, Anders... Unless you want me to say it out loud, Anders tries every possible combination, all nine possible combinations of vases on coffee tables. <laughs> One after oh, the other. I see you've played an adventure game recently. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
fair tactic, but there is uh, a whole other a whole other room you can explore still. Oh no! I should have known. All right, I'm going to. No, my apologies. I've I. These sorts of things are not super easy to describe. I should have I should have taken more care. My apologies. I'm going to take this room's two vases and carry them with me into the third room. <laughs> All right. Okay, so in the third room, it's three times the size, and there are three coffee tables <laughs> with three faces on. Of but course, is, the door you came through is the only door. There is no other exit in this room. So Anders is going to put those two vases down. He's going to go back into the second room, take the third vase from that room, and he's going to take all three vases off of the table in the third room and put them aside. Now Anders is going to try every possible combination of the three oh, vases. Oh goodness! Um, uh, no, you can just you can still hear a sound somewhere. It's louder in the third room, but it's you. It's not immediately obvious unless unless it's somewhere you'd like to look specifically. I am going to check the windows that are graded up. You see outside, and it's it's a little odd. It, someone put more work into like the skybox and the outside view of these windows than like anything else in this room. It's not a photograph. It looks like someone has painstakingly kind of like rendered this by hand, and it's just like this like red sky and like this red sea, and huh. like the sea is kind of like gently rippling. And you can see clouds moving as well. And it's that's that's like if you look at a nut through another window, that will be the same view you see. But like it's like painstaking detail. Is it pleasant? Is it like scary? At a glance, yeah, it's 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 quite it's quite nice, but why is everything red? <laughs> that is a great question. Um Anders <laughs> is going to try to rip the bars off of the window if he can. You can hold them, but like those bars are not not coming off. Excellent. Um, Anders is going to go back to his pile of vases and he's going to take the wand from the first rule room and he's going to inspect it to see if there's anything about these vases that differentiate them. All the vases are the same as far as you can see. Excellent. It's like someone just copy-pasted this asset over and over and over again. Anders is going to go over to the coffee table in the third room and he's going to inspect all three of them for anything that differentiates them. The center uh, coffee table has a panel you've not seen before, and the beeping seems to be coming from this panel. Awesome. He's going to look at the thing below the center table. He's not going to touch it. He's going to simply look at it. What does it look like? Okay. So, uh, yeah, it looks like it's got a cover. You can hear the beeping coming from there. There is a red light coming from it. Like, there's a red light kind of flashing through the cover, um, but the beeping has not sped up. It's not changed in tempo at all, uh, but it's definitely coming from this case. He is going to, before he touches that, he's going to look through the room and he's going to see if he finds anything else in this room that could be a tool. <laughs> other than other coffee tables that are quite uniform, uh, to the other coffee tables bar the one that has this panel on it, that. There's no kind of, like, it's, again, it's a copy-paste job. Huh. Then he's going to check the panel, and he's going to try to touch it and see if he can open it. Okay, so, yeah, you can open it, and it's still going boop, boop. What's inside of it? Boop. Inside, you have nine different wires. Awesome. 
I'm trying to remember this puzzle properly because uh, it was pretty neat when I came across it. So there are nine different wires. Uh, there's three wires at the top, three wires on the left-hand side, and then three wires at the bottom. And each side has a color. You have, uh, if I'm remembering correct, I hope I don't get these lights mixed up. So at the top you have blue, to the left you have green, and to the bottom you have red. And each time you hear the boop, it shifts. So, uh, boop red, boop blue, boop green, boop red, and it goes in that order. I hope I don't get this mixed up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so there's three wires attached to each light. Does anything else in this room have colors of that nature? Red, green, blue? Well, the flowers did. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so what color are the flowers? So there's six flowers total, right? Because they were there's one in the first room, two in the second room, and three in the third. So it's a total of six. Yes. So, um, well, there's six vases. Oh, okay. Um, and then there's flowers within each, which thankfully I did not specify until now because otherwise I would have shot myself in the foot for setting up this puzzle. <laughs> uh, and it's not flowers and vases in the game I am stealing, like just straight up lifting from. Um, but Excellent. I will say that the game I am lifting from, this was actually a puzzle I enjoyed. So there you go. Um, so yeah. Um, what color trying are the flowers? To, trying to... Oh, I'm sorry. 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 Uh, uh, what color are the flowers? All right. So uh, they're all a little bit different. Um, so the the flowers you found in the room with the panel, they were like purple and orange and yellow and nothing corresponding closely to the lights you see on the case. Uh, however, uh, it, the flowers from the other rooms do correspond. And I'm going to try and think very carefully <laughs> about how they correspond and how to explain how they correspond because this is this is this is important. <laughs> um, okay, so oh god, I've, I've overcomplicated the original puzzle. Oh, you're That's good. That's dawning on me now. The original puzzle was succinct and really easy to understand uh, after the initial hint. Okay, so. So in the room you just left, you had a, I'm trying to think, okay. So I'm going to specify each fla each vase has three different flowers in it of varying colors. And that's the same for all of the vases uh, throughout the simulation. Okay. So as, we, as we've covered in the room we're currently in, none of the flowers or the vases had anything corresponding to the box. In the second room you entered, with the two vases... Wait, so the first room is, is flowers oh, of... Gosh. I'm sorry, the first room, flowers That's of... That's all right, okay. So the room you're currently in with the box, that had three different vases, but none of those had flowers that corresponded to any of the colours in the box. Got it. Cool. Uh, the second uh, room does have some flowers, because um, that room had two vases, um, and one has a collection of white and, I hope I'm getting this right, white and red flowers. And it also has a collection of white and blue flowers. And then in the first room, that has the white and green flowers. Cool. So what he is going to do is he is going to 
arrange flowers in the vases such that they match the combinations of red, green, and blue, match the colors of the flowers in the third rooms. Um, So they're white, so that means that they're blank. So he's going to take out the blank ones, and he's going to replace them in the vases with flowers to match the colors in the third room's vases. So if he wants to make orange, for example, I think that's green and red? There's probably blue in there. I don't... Oh, that's actually hard. I don't... How do you make orange? The beeping speeds up. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Knowledge roll. Help me out. Give me a knowledge roll. Okay, yep. Let's do this. Um, Okay, so you are on the right track with the white flower means blank. And each of the... I'm so sorry about this puzzle. I've overcomplicated it. Oh, you're fine. And I... I failed to realize that just because it worked in the video game, it doesn't work when I describe it back to you. (laughs) Um, So, knowledge roll. Sure, let's make you roll for it. Uh, This could be entertaining. Uh, You are safe. This is just a simulation. Excellent. So if you do fail this, worst that's going to happen is a bit of embarrassment. But yeah, let me just pull pull up the notes. Because I feel bad that I've explained this awful puzzle really badly. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to make it too difficult because this is quite... It was an easy puzzle when I did it. I like, even I got it. So, like, the way I'm explaining it is making it needlessly difficult. So, I have looked at the wrong DC. Okay. Right. This is going to be a uh, four. This is going to be a four. This is going to be a four of... Uh, Actually, I'm going to say this is a grace roll. This is perception. This is noticing patterns. Oh, okay. This is noticing, wait a minute, this corresponds to this. So I'm going to say a grace of four. And it rolls a 12. Oh, suddenly everything is clear now. You don't know why you spent so much time rearranging flowers. (laughs) Um, But you think the blank flowers Mm -hmm. correspond to the wires you are meant to leave in and the colored flowers um. uh, correspond to flowers to correspond to wires you are meant to remove um. and also you are of the opinion that there must be a reason that the light is not on at each point all the time that it moves around the board so you think there is a timing aspect to it as well oh so i have to pull out the flowers when they are in the appropriate color oh the wires in the Uh, right the Uh, i'm sorry sorry i've explained this horribly and people are like wait a minute is that the puzzle from fear effect sedna (laughs) it is the puzzle from fear effect sedna i am not doing it justice i really enjoyed that puzzle uh yeah sorry So he pulls... It's after embargo, I can tell you now. He pulls the wire uh, when it flashes appropriately. um, When it's the right color. Uh, Yeah, no, the beeping stops. (laughs) Puzzles are hard in in radio. (laughs) I need to actually maybe go over some DM materials and actually look at what makes a good puzzle that you are telling someone without any visual aids. Because I have... It wasn't... I've done myself a mischief here. <laughs> it wasn't too bad. I think the real problem with with the puzzle is that it requires that you keep 
a lot of things in your head at the same time and so it was very difficult those are the best though i love like riddles where it's like imagine you are a bus driver 10 people get on 13 people get off da, 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 da. what color was the bus driver's eyes and you have to remember that you're the bus driver and that your eyes are blue or whatever color they are and i love like misdirection riddles like that oh yeah um, definitely. but this was i tried not to make this a misdirection one too much but it became that <laughs> Oh, no, I think it was great. That was great. So Anders pulls the wires at the right time, and I guess the beeping stops? Yeah, the beeping stops. And um, because you spent a little time uh, messing around with flowers and vases and like rearranging and trying to see if uh, that affected anything, you get a B rank. Uh, but other other than that, like you did really well. It's like a B plus. Um, so you're a little bit miffed about that. But uh, the simulation ends. And, uh, yeah. That was the first simulation. Anders is downright pissed. (laughs) (laughs) Anders looks, like, takes the headset off and he looks around and it's like, that was the worst. And he almost puts it back on to try something else, but then he's like, that's okay. Let's move on. What's the next thing? And he's looking between Freya and Necton and Henry, and he he could not want to. He's very mad that he did not get an S rank in his his puzzle solving. Henry kind of, like, scoffs and goes, Oh, well, you can go for that S rank if you want. (laughs) And, like, Freya kind of nudges him, and it's like, and she kind of takes the time to say, You did very well. Your problem was that you overthought it. Whereas before, if you remember, with the gentleman before, you acted, you reacted. So this is what we're trying to tell, like, teach you. Quick reaction times, acting on instinct, acting and honing those instincts. But you did very well. A B is still very good. Anders likes Freya. She reminds him of uh, his, some instructors at risk management, and he kind of nods. It's like, that's pretty good advice. Thanks. And then he looks to Henry and scowls. And then he looks at Necton and is like, why do you suck so much more than she does? Buddy, come on. I mean, she's she's Freya Tupper. She's a gold robe. And like Freya's like, stop. Uh, but with her hand, she's not speaking. She's not choosing to speak then. She's like, you know, kind of like flailing her hands and kind of like trying to communicate. Stop it. And Necton continues like, she's, she's a gold robe. She's been with the organization. Goodness knows how long. And... You're really, you're really busting my chaps here. Yeah. And that's all he says. <laughs> all right. Okay. Like, that's just, like, it's just an easy kind of simulation. I don't know why it took that guy nearly, and he kind of checks his tablet. Half an hour? Like, he kind of mouths that to Freya, and Freya kind of goes, yeah, I know, right? Like, but only with her eyes and, like, her head kind of thing. And Henry just scoffs quietly, like, such an easy puzzle. But... And um, Nechton kind of goes, yeah, no, it's just it's just a simple simulation and it's just kind of just tests problem solving skills. And we, we've seen that, you know, you, you really like to look at it from every angle, which is good. And when things started to move a bit more quickly, you reacted, which was good. Uh, we just want, you know, kind of, you know, to hone your instincts and kind of, you know, remove doubt. So as... As um, Necton is saying that, you see Zen Brett enter the room. And, oh. <laughs> and Zen looks 
Actually, no. Zen's pretty together. He's, but he's just moving at a pretty fast clip. Um, yeah. So Nechton will, like, wheel around uh, at that. And he, and he goes over to Nechton and he calls Freya over as well. Um, yeah, no, Nechton kind of tells Anders, like, uh, I'll be I'll be with you in, like, 30 seconds, so just, I'll, I'll stay right here. And he goes over. Uh, Anders is going to, unless he is, unless he is told not to, Anders is going to just unequivocally eavesdrop. He's not, like, gonna make a stealth roll. <laughs> He's just going to basically meander over until someone tells him to, to go away, essentially. What, so he's gonna try and eavesdrop? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay, without rolling or anything. Nope. Okay. <laughs> he's just gonna, he's just gonna walk over and stand like ten feet back, but like well within earshot. Henry is following suit. He's kind of like, well, if he can do it, so can I. Excellent. Um, Freya kind of notices first and kind of scowls at scowls at Henry, and Henry kind of slinks off, and she kind of like looks at Anders and kind of like her, her expression is a bit warmer, and she's kind of like you know looking at him expectantly, like, and she kind of makes a no, you shouldn't be coming over here gesture with her hand, but she doesn't alert anyone. Cool. So Zen Brett, um, it's hard, even from this distance, it's kind of difficult for Anders to hear exactly what what is being said. But what Anders does here, in one second, let me pull this up real quick. You, what you hear, what Anders hears is that HLS is outside. Zen Zen Brett is saying that it's not just normal protesters that it's it's getting bad out there that it, that Agus, you know, they're starting to throw things that the the picketer you know was peaceful before, but the picketers are really starting to get up in arms and that they need they need people out by the gate. He points to he points to Nectin and he he basically says you're going, and then he looks to Freya and he sort of like shrugs his shoulders as to like we need more people basically. Anders knows HLS stands for Humanity's Last Stand, which is an anti-AI organization. So that's the information Zen Brett has to deliver. How does it play out from there? Yeah, no, Freya and Nechton kind of look at each other and they kind of like shoot a, shoot a glance over their, their charges uh, over their shoulder. Freya kind of like, she quietly tries to say, but like her, the resonance of her voice makes it really difficult for her to like whisper or lower, like the tone it carries uh, a lot more than a normal like human voice would. Um, so she, so Anders would hear like, what, what are we gonna do about them? Like, has your has your guy got his room sorted? And Nechton's like, no. I mean, Jasmine, she was ill. She's meant to do it last night. And and like Freya kind of rolls her eyes, like, oh, Jasmine, she's always got something better to do, hasn't she? So Freya says, Nechton, you go. I'll sort out permissions. Just, just, just go. Like, I'll be with you in like 15 minutes. I will get this done lickety split. And it sounds, it, she actually says like, I'll get this done lickety split. And it, it sounds, it's a treat to hear. Okay. Let's, let's turn the camera back over to, we're, we're coming towards a climax. Let's turn the cam- camera back over to Kara really quickly. So Kara's like probably gone toward. Are you inside of room number three yet? Uh, yeah. No, she just kind of like she realized she'd been keeping Kelvin waiting, so she just kind of speeds over. Like she doesn't even. She's thinking more of oh, 
I'm being rude rather than, oh, this is a research facility where I nearly get shot. I should probably check doors before I go inside a room. Da, da, da. Um, so she kind of, yeah, she's in the third room. So inside of the third room, you see three extremely complex looking full dive VR pods. So these are the kinds of like fully immersive VR experiences that would either be extraordinarily expensive commercially or the kind of things that people who need very high-end simulations would use um, in industry. Um, You also see a bunch of these uh, like essentially like what looks like a big terminal with a bunch of very like you can tell from your experience that the actually never mind um give me a knowledge roll of eight. Oh, okay <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. uh so that is a 13 overall yeah then you absolutely know um these are like like super high throughput high bandwidth like data transfer devices um, you oh, see, like, no. like, like, very, very, like, these are. This is the kind of thing that if you needed to transfer, like, a holographic program that is like 15, 20 terabytes, that this with with this kind of rig, you would be able to do it in you know 20 minutes instead of like 300 hours. So, so these are for like very like real time, high throughput kinds of simulations, and you see. Kelvin is sort of connected. You see, like there's a there's a very discreet port in Kelvin's like shoulder, like the back of Kelvin's shoulder, and there's a there's a fiber optic cable connecting Kelvin to one of these ports. And he looks over to you, and his eyes have taken on this kind of bluish glow that that shows you that there's some kind of like two way communication occurring with Kelvin. And he sort of smiles at you and's like, "I'm glad you're here." Sorry to keep you waiting. Have I missed anything? No. Well, you've missed many things, but nothing that you could appreciate. And he, he, it's like a little, it's a little robot joke he's giving because he like looks over to the terminal and, and he sort of like shrugs his shoulder. Ah, robot humor. Is that? Do you say robot humor instead of android humor? No. Yeah, but then I think she'll correct herself the next time and say, ah, Android, was that Android humor back there as well when you're trying to get me to knock on the door? When 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 you say robot humor, he actually just frowns. He looks very offended. Ooh, oh dear. Caro is pretty clueless though, so. So when you, after that, you, you say, uh, Oh, that was, I, I think the word is hazing. I think that's what that word is. You're trying to haze me. Oh, okay. Uh, that's that's not a very positive term. What would have happened if I'd knocked on the door? You're new here. I think it's important that you experience community bonding. Yeah, but surely there are more positive ways of com- to bond within a community other than hazing, which can be overwhelmingly negative. He, he seems to process this and it's like, Oh, I haven't been told that in the, in the past. Oh, well, I I have plenty of information about hazing if you'd like to hear it sometime, though I imagine we have a lot of work to be getting on with. I've already started. It's fun. Oh, cool. What what are we doing today? Uh, You are supposed to go into that pod over there. And he points to one of the the VR pods. Sorry, I, I... I don't have much 
uh, experience with a pod like this. Could you, I mean, I know you're, you're, you're so far ahead and everything, but could you walk me through what will happen after I get into the pod and what we're going to be doing today is more specifically? I would love to. Um, there is a loud knock on the door. Should I get that? He looks over and he doesn't say anything for a while and then knock continues. Yes, that would probably be efficient. All right, um, yeah, I'll be, I'll be a moment. And um, she kind of yells, coming! And outside of the door, you see Helen Doyle and Sylvester in a heated argument with one another. And oh. Sylvester is like, Helen, I, I need you to calm down, please, please. This is not the time for this. And Helen's like, well, I need to speak to her, okay? And uh. she, as the door opens, they both look to you and Sylvester kind of rolls his eyes and Helen smiles and it's like, hey, how, how are you? Uh, uh, that doesn't seem to be the most pressing matter. Um, what's, what's wrong? Is everything all right Can here? Can we talk? Uh, she looks at Sylvester. Is that, is that okay? Like, I'll only be five no, minutes. No, it is absolutely not okay. You have work to do, and I do not need Miss Doyle here interrupting us. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, okay, boss. Uh, can we, can we talk later, Helen? Is that, is that okay? Or, um, can you, can you send me a message or? No, it's not actually okay. Sylvester. Oh. You are going to let me talk to her. And I don't think you've ever seen Helen sort of like anything but sort of happy and cheerful. And the Helen you remember is, seems like she's basically new to the organization, but the, the way she says that there's so much authority in it and so much sort of like pride of purpose that, that it actually shocks you a little bit. Um, give me a one, roll a one D 10 really quickly. Oh my God. I got a one. Okay. Oh, God. That is so awesome. You have no idea. I've been waiting so long. Um, anyway, the Helen gives you, Helen says that, and Sylvester crosses his arm in front of his chest. He looks between you, and he looks into the room at Kelvin, and he looks at Helen, and he just sort of sighs this heavy sigh. No, Miss Doyle. And she says... Fine. Is that okay with you, Caro? Uh, I don't feel like I'm being given all the necessary information to make that decision, uh, with all due respect. Oh, she calls you Caro as well. How nice for her. Yeah, yeah, Helen and I are really close. Helen rolls her eyes, and she's still looking at you. She's waiting for you to make a choice. Uh, well, it sounds like it's something that can't wait. Is this... Is this going to be a five-minute conversation, or is this a bit more involved? She doesn't seem like she's interested in answering any more questions, and Sylvester doesn't seem like she's interested in having Helen in here any longer. Sylvester, I'll, I'll solve all your problems, and I will escort her off the premises. Is that I'm all right? I'm not an idiot, Caro. Uh, sorry, Helen, I don't think we can speak right now. Where is Anders? Uh, I think he's... Actually, I don't... No, um, we had a bit of a disagreement last night, uh, so I've not seen him in a while. I don't, I, I guess he's doing his own job integration right now. Right. She sighs, 
She smiles. She has a, a tablet in her hand. And she puts the tablet away. And she turns briskly. And she walks out of the research area. And Sylvester looks over. Uh, sorry about that, Sylvester. You made the right choice. And with... with uh, you're not a fan of her either. She's a beautiful person. We just disagree. Don't get on. Don't see eye to eye. But that's fine. We're not all meant to agree with one another. And with that, he turns back to you and looks over to Kelvin. Don't you two have work to do? Yes, we do. Uh, I shan't waste any more of your time. Goodbye. And she like goes to kind of like close the door unless Sylvester has any prostate No, Sylvester has already turned and walked away. He looks in, he's infuriated. <laughs> and Calvin looks over. That was very unpleasant. Yeah, I don't, I feel like I made either a really good choice or a really bad choice and it's gonna come back and bite me. Uh, what do you make of Helen Doyle, Calvin? He, he thinks about it. I don't know her very well. That's fair enough. Have you spoken much to her before today? I feel like she has always been around. Right, okay, so she's been here longer than you? Yes, quite a bit longer, in fact. Eh, good to know. Yeah, anyway, sorry, what, 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 were we, what were we in the middle of? You were about to tell me... You are going to go into the pod, and you are going to synchronize your vitals to the machine. And then we are going to um, do what we've been asked to do here. What have we been asked to do here? Look in on a project. Okay, how does sinking my vitals uh, coincide with that? Sorry, I'm being a bit slow. It requires... The, the project requires a great deal of data collection, and unfortunately, you are more well-equipped to um, provide that data than I am. Okay. So, is it just my vitals they're measuring? No. Or, like... No. You'll understand. Can I ask? Oh. Well, if it's not just my vitals, what other information are they extracting? Um, he goes through an exhaustive list of information, starting from genetic to to microbial, going up to, like, cell structure, going up to basically any piece of information that would be that that your body could provide as a snapshot is going to be read by the machine and he tells you wow if i didn't know any better i'd say you were trying to clone me that is impossible i'm glad I, i'm glad you said it cloning you would require destructive scanning oh and this isn't destructive scanning, is it? It's just completely non-invasive, isn't it? And then he goes on to explain that, yes, they could clone you and create a, a baby of you using using non-destructive methods, but he assumes that you are describing making some kind of, like, like, caro kind of caro, which would require a more destructive technique. Ooh, I don't like the sound of that. Well, I feel we've talked all the ins and outs of this, um... Is this going to take long to scan my vitals? Is it going to take, is it a five minute job or is it a half an hour thing? And he thinks about it. I don't know. I'm not a human being. Well, that's a question that we need to ask, I guess. Huh. Well. Uh, okay. Um, well, so long as, uh, uh, so I'm conscious for the whole time, right? I'm not having to go to sleep or anything. You will not sleep. Cool. 
That's I've, I've, I've wasted your time with enough questions. Let's get the show on the road. And you feel, basically, the closer you get to the pod, the more strongly compelled you feel to go towards that pod. Oh, God, no. <laughs> no! Is this, like, Invasion of the Body Snatchers type? I... Uh, nope, no thanks. Oh, gosh, but yeah, Caro is powerless to resist. I would not be getting in that pod. I would not, but Caro is powerless to resist. Actually, give me the Cult of Eleven. If you can pass that, you oh, can resist. Oh, okay. Ooh. Never mind, I got a four overall. <laughs> no, man. You go I right. can't wait to get in the you pod. You cannot wait to get into the pod. I cannot wait to be a pod person. Do you go in? Yeah, Caro would. Like, there's, there's, there's nothing. The, the voice in her head saying, "Don't do it," is being drowned out by the other voice saying, "I can't wait to get in this pod. It looks so comfortable." And it is comfortable. And as you go into the pod, there's a the the machinery kind of like whirls up, and there's a bunch of like basically you feel like you're being covered in cellophane, and Ooh. and kind of like. But it's not, like, uncomfortable. It's, like, heated and cooled in a way that makes it feel sort of like you're you're in one of those, like, sensory deprivation tanks. So you, you feel like you're kind of floating out, out of your, outside of yourself. And then as the lid closes, there's a bunch of, like, monitoring devices that turn on and you start seeing your heart rate and you start seeing your blood pressure um, and everything is kind of green-lined. There's a there's a comforting voice that says to it tells you to relax and um, there's a number of other sort of vital statistics that come up and it says loading and once it says loading the lid closes and seals and it warns you um, not to to it warns you it gives you these brief instructions of how to move without actually moving your physical body and then it says that after loading is complete your body will be temporarily paralyzed to avoid you hurting yourself essentially ah, okay i mean i don't like that i'm not sure how Kara would fare with that information uh i think she's starting to suspect i should have asked more questions damn it um uh, but it's not dark in the pod, is it? No, it's actually really pleasant in the pod. This is very clearly a device that was designed for human beings to use. So it's not like, it doesn't feel like some kind of evil super science machine that they just sort of ginned up to torture you. It feels like something that has been explicitly designed for your comfort. Okay, cool. <laughs> I just, I don't like the whole, oh, by the way, you're going to be paralyzed for a bit. Oh, don't like that. But all right, I mean, there's nowhere to escape now. Oh God, this, this sounds awful. <laughs> so let's while while it's loading, I want to I want to throw us back to Anders really quickly. What are Freya and Nectin doing? Nectin kind of comes over with Freya and explains like really hurriedly. Uh, unfortunately, the situation I told you about earlier. Um, they need a bit more assistance containing the situation, so I'm gonna pop off. Uh, I will see you tomorrow. But Freya, lovely Freya here, beautiful Freya here, and Freya's like, stop it, like, now's not the time kind of thing. She looks a little bit uncomfortable. Um, she is gonna show you to root your room. Uh, if you if you want to see your room, uh, um, we had a... You know what, just explain it to Freya. I really gotta run. Um, well done on the simulation today, and... Uh, 
you are a beautiful person. I will see you soon. And he's just, he backs out of the room and he kind of jogs gently away. And uh, Freya is standing before you smiling. And um, she kind of quickly says, uh, What were you needing to explain to me about the room? Oh, uh, I guess I don't have a room yet because Jasmine got sick. I really hope she's okay. And she wasn't able to, I don't know, fill out the paperwork. I don't know how you guys do things here. Ah, permissions, right, okay. So I'm guessing Nechton at least offered to open the room for you, but uh, he did mention that you wouldn't be able to leave once it was opened until morning. Yeah, that sounds kind of, kind of terrible. Yes, so do you want to see the room now, or are you happy to go back to the integration centre and return to your bunk there? We uh, do need every every bunk, but I mean, if you feel more comfortable sleeping there, I'm not going to stop you. I'll head back over to integration, I think, unless, unless you can, like, make it so I can leave my room at night. Unfortunately, uh, the system we have in place for that is... I'll be honest, it's quite inefficient, and now that Jasmine neglected her duty of giving you the necessary permissions, everything is just way behind schedule. So, I mean, fair enough, we can give you a tour of your room and the dorms uh, on the third floor. We can do that another point. Uh, I honestly also need to leave and join Nechton, so, like, that really helps me out if you'd like to do that another day, but it's completely up to you. I appreciate it, but I'll just head back to integration. By the way, is there any way for me to go to the research center? My friend is in there, I think. Uh, well, you're not cleared to work in the research center, and it would be too early for you to be doing a shift there, so I guess you could wait outside of the research center, but you wouldn't, you don't have clearance to go inside. You don't, your your permissions have not been updated for even your room, so you'd only be able to kind of wait outside unless someone else let you in. But yeah, um, is that, is that everything? Are there any more questions? No, sorry for wasting your time. Oh, questions are not a waste of time. They are never a waste of time. Don't ever feel like they're a waste of time. If you've got any questions, after today, I'm all ears. Um, I will see you, I will see you soon. Sorry, I didn't catch your name. Oh, my name is Seth. Seth, Seth? I'm Freya and, um, well, I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot of each other. All right, uh, I really have to go. And she sprints on out of there, unless you stop her. No, I don't. Anders turns and he kind of meanders back to the wreck area of integration, planning on at least waiting to see how long it takes for Kara to get out. And as he does, Helen Doyle comes like storming out of of the research center. (laughs) And when she sees Anders, like her, her face sort of like flashes and she looks to him and she's like, hey there, you and I need to talk for a second. Anders looks at her, uh, yeah, okay. And she kind of grabs him by the arm and leads him over to one of the couches in the rack area, and she has her tablet in hand. And Oh god. She she um sits Anders down and it's like, Has Caro told you about a about a job that I gave her a few a few days ago? Oh no! Uh, has Kara told him? I can't remember if Helen expressly said don't tell anyone else about this. No, I remember 
Um, I think Caro mentioned to Helen, is it okay if I talk to my cousin about this and get him on side as well? I remember us having that conversation. I could be wrong, but I remember us having that conversation. I can't remember whether she was cool with that or not. I don't remember, so just tell me what you think Caro would have done. I think Caro, like, unless expressly told not to, and even then, I think she would try... Before the whole, like, magic mind control thing, she would have told, like, Anne, she would she would keep Anders on the same page as much as possible. So she would have mentioned, oh yeah, they know there's a journalist in here and they've asked me to, to look. They've asked me to look. I will be economical with the truth, as always, uh, unless I deem it appropriate to give away slightly more. And so Anders sort of, like, nods non-committally as he is wont to. And he looks over to Helen and he's like, you look terrible. And she's like, that's not important right now. What is important is this. And on the tablet, you obviously don't know this right now, but on the tablet, what you can see is Mickey Larson. And remember how you heard yesterday that Mickey Larson had died? No! No! So... Mickey Larson has been flayed. What? And what? It is a picture from it is a security video from outside of the organization from about 3 days ago. No, not 3 days ago. Probably closer to like 2 days ago. Of Mickey Larson sands his legs. He's he's in a wheelchair, like a powered futuristic wheelchair. And he's just slumped over. And it is clear. But, like, Anders can tell, and I'm not going to bother because because, uh, because it's not worth it right now, but Anders can tell that this is someone... This has been, like, presented to... This is not, like, something that has been done on the spur of the moment. This is, like... This is, like, a piece of, like, murder art that has been sort of, like... So, a bit Hannibal. Yes. A bit Hannibal... You know, dinner and a show. Right. Oh, well, at least he's not on fire. Uh, Unless he is on fire. Please tell me he's not on fire. No, he's not on fire. But he he has been... He was found by people outside of the organization. You can see the video of... Of guards outside of the organization who are just coming upon this this horrifying body that has been just sort of like destroyed in this in this like gruesome way and she looks over and it's like i asked her to find a journalist here a journalist who gave someone this man's name i think she's lying to me and i think that this is the result and it's just just looks at mickey larson and he looks at helen He's like, no, there's no way. And inside his mind, somewhere deep, he knows that this is one of the sisters of perpetual agony. Knew it. Oh my god, they strike again. We're really bad at our job. And Helen says, it gets worse. Oh goody. Oh goody. You know those protesters out there? And Anders like, protesters, what are you talking? Oh, yeah, yeah, what everyone's all... Yeah, I know. They know about this. Well, crap. And smash cut back to Caro.
so um the loading is complete and in a in this like you've been in a lot of virtual systems but this one's really good maybe not the very best you've been in but it's like spectacular you can like it's nice you can like feel the sun shine on your skin you can like you can hear the sounds of birds chirping you can hear like everything is like beautiful you're in this field that's like filled with wild flowers there's like the sun is shining everything is like perfect and there's a there's a a man standing next to you I'm getting proper flashbacks to uh, mercerism in Do Androids Dream Um, hope you're not going to ask me to climb up a hill and get pelted by rocks okay so what does this bloke look like (laughs) a lot a lot like Calvin but just a little way more human. Ooh. Okay. More human than human? Not quite. But but it looks like Not quite. If you if you took some of the more cybernetic features that that make you aware that Calvin is a android and just sort of strip them down and sort of like put a like spit shine on them, like that would be this mm. person. So is that like his idealized self? Yeah, if his ideal self was a human version of himself, which it might be. But he's standing right next to you. Well, this is odd. Did Caro say that, or, or is that you? Yeah, no, I, I, I... Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm saying that, but also Caro is saying that she is speaking through me. It is quite odd. And his voice is less mechanical, less sort of pressured. But you'll get used to it. For now, like I said, we have... A project to look over. And he okay. he walks he he holds his hand out to you. Well, got nowhere else to go. <laughs> so um yeah, no, she she takes the hand. Uh the lightest touch, because she she's not a hand holdy cut type of person. It's warm. And more creepy. You walk through this like really beautiful field of flowers, and you come across a playground. Is this playground empty, or are there children in the playground? Oh, there are children in this playground. Do all the children look the same, or are they, like, copies of each other? Oh, no, no. All of these children look different. These children look... I guess the right word for it would be beautiful. And they're playing, and oh, they're no. they're laughing, and they're just, like, having the grandest time. And when, like, a little girl with, like, pigtails and, like like these really deep brown eyes like sees you and comes running over to you and Kelvin and like wraps her arms around your leg and she looks up to you and she's like hi Kara is not comfortable with this at all <laughs> and she sort of senses that and kind of like gets a little frightened and kind of backs away from you and Cal- Calvin like looks down and it's like oh it's it's okay she's very nice yeah, I'm just new. I'm just new. And Calvin looks over to you and he says, This is what we're working for. These children deserve more. And we're going to give it to them. And you are, you just see 20, 30, 40 in this like huge playground of these like children just sort of like playing and smiling and laughing. And they, they, they're all beautiful and they all have these, the one thing that sort of like pulls them all together is that you can kind of see they're all in these sort of 
white cloaks that that like remind you so much of what the what he was wearing. Oh. Okay. And let's cut there for the time being. Alright, uh, I lost my place in my notes. Let me just, here we go, 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 here we go. Mmm, mmm.